We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Messy Marriages, sharing stories of messy moments in marriages and how we make the most of our mistakes. We will undress the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. What are the concerns and questions most couples have in marriage and often go unspoken until now? Host Mark Lucas brings wisdom, authenticity, and practical advice to even the toughest marriage topics. Welcome to Messy Marriages. Mark Lucas here, Faith Talk 1360. And also listening in in the beautiful podcast world. What a joy it is for me to have these conversations week in and week out with you and to be able to navigate marriage. Again, I say it often. Marriage isn't easy. Marriage is always worth that work and that sacrifice. It's always worth an opportunity every day to fight for our marriages. The goal, the purpose, the desire, the prayer of this show is that God would use these testimonies and these beautiful guests that come into the show to be able to help encourage you and to be able to help really remind you that marriage is this beautiful partnership that God's given us. God would say oneness. We have this oneness. We have this partnership to be able to join with our spouse and to be able to do life together. And here's some realities. These are kind of Captain Obvious realities. Sometimes it's hard. But we've got to lean into those discomforts. We've got to lean into even the hard places in marriage to be able to say, God, what does it look like for us to really posture ourselves in a way where we lean into the discomfort? Love Brene Brown. She said that. That's what this show is about today. I've got the perfect guest right here in the studio to be able to have this conversation. Matt and Karina are here. They're the founders of CEO Torch Wellness, a beautiful place that really has an opportunity to combine an approach to total health and wellness, the physical side, the spiritual side, the intellectual side. There's harmony and synergy in all of those. And we get to kind of lean into a conversation on vulnerability, on leaning into the discomfort. So today, thank you again for being my guest today and joining us today on Messy Marriages. Thanks, Mark. We're just going to kind of dive into your story. Why don't we just start one of you giving kind of a 30,000-mile-high view of the journey of you guys meeting, the journey a little bit of the past, just so they have some context and a little bit about you guys. Okay. Um, So uh, just a quick background um, on me. I come out of having an alcoholic father. Uh, So um, having that basis of addiction as a child and into my teenage years, um, I also developed um, pretty severe social anxiety, and, and so it was it was kind of a rough go. Um, but then going into that, um, because that's what I knew, that's what I was comfortable in, that's what I tended to seek in my relationships was mm-hmm. was 
addict, you know, unknowingly. But that's just that's just what you do. And then also having been the oldest sibling, there's kind of that that codependency there, too, of trying to, you know, kind of protect and take care of them through all of that. So that carried over. So then, you know, um, I would seek out addicts and and seek out people that I thought I could fix, that I could help, um, you know, and then it would get to that point where it was so toxic. And, you know, so I hated, you know, what that would become, but it's just what I, it's what I sought. Um, And so uh, all that to say, um, I got married in 2003 and we were married for 15 years. Um, I was not a believer when we got married. And um, so a few years in, um, I did uh, become a believer, and I was saved. And at that point, um, the the conviction in my heart um, of just what God intended marriage to be, and that yes, He did, you know, intend for it to to be forever. Um, that um, hit me really hard, and so. Um, even though through the majority of our 15-year marriage there was there was active addiction, um, we we did go to counseling. There was you know um, rehab, 12-step programs, um, you know marriage uh, conferences and everything. So you know just really trying to like um, cling to God through all of that and and ask Him what He wanted me to do through that. So you know the the Word tells us to seek a godly counsel and you know there's there's steps and processes and and so that that is what I I did you know and the Bible also tells us that our heart is deceitful above all else and so um, it it was just. I would surround myself with people that I knew that would speak truth into me, that would hold me accountable. And, um, and so, you know, just tried really, really hard, but, um, we, we did end up getting divorced in 2019. And so I came out of that, um, you know, I I have, uh, my three kids and, um, I, decided that because I definitely did not do it God's way the first time that I wanted to do my very best to do it God's way this time, which means um, no sex outside of marriage. Um, and and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't any kind of works based, like he's going to punish me if I, it was, it was, it was out of my love and reverence for God and his word. And, you know, because I knew that the only reason he's going to call us to do anything is because he knows that that is the best thing for us. Um, and so that, that was the conviction in, in my heart was that I knew that if I honored God in that, um, that he, he's got me, you know, and that didn't necessarily mean I had to come to grips with, you know, in, in Daniel where, you know, like, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, that, that where they say, even if, even if Lord, you know, even if we're not delivered out of this, like we still will worship you. And so I, I had to have that heart in it, you know, like, yes, I do want this. I, I, I would love to find someone. And, um, but even if Lord, I love you, even if, um, and so um, the next couple of years, I um, just uh, more had kind of um, long distance um, friendships, I guess, with um, so kind of dated a couple guys. Um, and just through that process, um, 
got to know more about who I was and, um, you know, how to read red flags um, and um, and what I really wanted and what God really wanted for me in, in the man that was eventually, you know, going to be my husband if that was the case. And um, also got connected with an amazing group of um uh, Christian sisters um, that uh, we started a Bible study as a few girls from the gym, and it has we've become sisters, and and so that's that we got together shortly after the divorce, and so um, one of my friends in there, she is a, a pastor's wife, and um, she and her husband both have just like God has used them in such mighty ways through this whole process in my life, but she talked about how she made a list of you know um, like her husband list, mm-hmm. and. So she encouraged me to do that. And so as I was, um, you know, talking with these other guys, I was kind of fine-tuning that, what I did and, you know, did not walk. And um, so one of the things was like, you know, kind of lower on like a preference thing, like somebody I can make music with, you know, Mm because I like – I love to sing and play keys. I'm on the worship team and, um, and, you know, a devoted father and um, uh, definitely – you know, top of the list was man of God. Um, and, um, honest, you know, so just, you know, not even just the addiction of, of those 15 years, it's, it's, you know, the lies and the trust that's broken, you know, that is the hardest thing. Um, and, um, so, um, we, met on eHarmony, you know, there, there came a time where I was like, okay, I'm going to actually talk to someone local <laughs> now. Um, and we connected pretty quickly. And, um, our, you know, our, the conversation started off with faith. You know, where are you at in your faith? Where are you at in your faith? Like both of us had to know that right off. And, um, and it just, it went from there. And, you know, so I don't know. I love it. And here you are yeah. on Messy Marriages as a beautiful couple. So, Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing what you've already shared with the listeners. And I think what I'd like to do, because there's so much inside of you both, that I want the listeners to be able to really just kind of walk in some of your practical wisdom and what God has taught you and what it really looks like practically to lean into the discomfort. Because we've all got a ton of messes that we bring into the marriage. We've all got a ton of baggage, (laughs) more or less, that we bring into our marriages. But in the midst of all of that, now how do we really become one and lean into some of that mess, some of that baggage, a lot of the discomfort, to begin to kind of walk out what you just shared so beautifully, how do you begin to trust again? How do you begin to have respect again for a man that is your husband? I mean, you had to probably, I'm sure, walk through a lot of that and a lot of prayer and really asking God to help heal you in what started even early on in that family of origin in how you were raised and things that happened in the home. So I think this is a beautiful conversation for so many, so many ways because I think I want to hear and I want the listeners to hear because I'm taking notes, as you've already seen. If you're driving right now, don't take notes. But the reality is, is that family of origin, where we came from, is so important. Mm -hmm. And we've got to have those conversations with our spouse because it gives me perspective Mm -hmm. to understand my bride, to understand my wife. So that's really important. And you just share with the listeners a lot of that family of origin as well. 
So we need that awareness in that conversation. Then secondly, to really give them some beautiful tips and things that you guys have used as tools to be able to help you guys navigate. How do you lean into the discomfort and what does that look like? So we'll look to to Matt now. I think Matt's smarter than everybody listening in, including me. So just what would that look like, Matt? So now you're, I envision you, may not need harmony. Uh, you've got a beautiful list that probably both of you guys had. I had a list as well. The only thing physical on my list, and I'll share this, was that my future wife would have a nice smile. That was the only thing physical on the list. But we kind of walk through this list. Obviously, at the very top is faith. Really encourage that for everybody listening in. So we're checking off this list, okay? The list has been checked off. You've met on eHarmony. You know probably early on, early, early on, I knew early on, this is my partner. This is the one that God wants me to be with, okay? So now the weddings happen. That was glorious. Now you're in the same home. Now you're intimate because you're married, now, what begins to kind of happen to lean into some of this discomfort? Kind of walk us through some more of the journey, Matt. Well, I think for me it was really learning how to be okay with myself and in my walk with God uh, individually. And so that way when we came together as two individuals, we would be well together. And so I think that was my biggest takeaway like going into it was that we needed to be individually well to be together well, uh, be secure in our faith, be secure in our walk, um, and know where we're, where we're going, where we're going individually and where we want to go together. And so when we came together, uh, you know, I had two children and she had three children. And so combining that into one household was interesting. Yeah. It's the Brady Bunch. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And so I think it got immediately interesting because I was coming in to three children at home that had a father that was active in their life. And there was some interesting introductions in terms of feelings, in terms of the speed of our union that we met. And then six weeks later we were married. And so I was that dude <laughs> yeah. was sort of coming in. Um, and so it was building in as a family that I'm not coming in to replace anyone that I'm coming there to, to support and be with, be with my wife and support them however, however I can as an ancillary support in their life. And so I think it was learning to navigate those lines and charter those waters carefully and uh, with godly principle. I think that already there's so much that I'm kind of leaning in and taking away. And one of the first things you said, which is really, really important for the listeners and for me to be reminded of, Throughout our marriage, whether I've been married 19 years, whether you married 19 days or 80 years, which is amazing if you've married 80 years, you have to know that we've got to understand the importance of what you just said, Matt. It is about this process of us truly having this beautiful relationship with Jesus and understanding who we are in Christ and having that foundation of our identity in that. And then our spouse having the same desire for them to know who they are in Christ. And then when we're interdependently one together, there's this beautiful oneness and beautiful connection. So many times in my marriage and people that I know, they almost kind of look to their spouse for happiness or they almost look to their spouse for their identity. Mm -hmm. And that never serves us well. 
because that's not God's design. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that. That's beautiful. And then really kind of walk us through a little bit more, both of you, to understand, and again, we're quoting a lot of Brene Brown, and she's a rock star, so we will, but vulnerability is the birthplace of love. So I can only imagine, here you are, we're on radio, so I'll just describe you for a moment, but you're not a small guy, you've got some tattoos, so you kind of have a big guy coming in, full of muscles, some tattoos, and it's like, ta-da, here I am, and now we've got this blended family, Okay. So I think there's some principles here that I'd like you to share with the listeners. What did it look like for you guys to develop trust with all of the kids now in this Brady Bunch family and really be able to lean into each other to say, okay, what does vulnerability look like? Because as you're both bringing in baggage, I think there's some great principles we can share with the listeners. Like one of the things that I often tell myself, when I share something with my wife, most of the time, it's not that I want her to fix anything or give me an advice. It's just I want to feel safe to be able to be authentic and share. So I think that principle in marriage is so important because we have to model what we saw in the Garden of Eden. So when Adam and Eve, when the Bible says they were naked and felt no shame, that's vulnerability. So we've got to find a place to lean in and cultivate every day vulnerability, and that's leaning into the discomfort. So share some things that you guys have practically done, not only then but even today, to kind of help. Because we've got a lot of families listening in that can resonate with a lot of things in your story. Blended family, for sure they resonate with. Also bringing in kind of some family of origin, addictive behaviors and things like that. We've got a lot that we bring in. I come from a background as well of addicted behavior. Mm-hmm. I myself personally walked through rehab when I was younger. So I have to really, my wife has to be aware of these family of origin, personality traits, behavioral traits. So just kind of walk some practical with some listeners right now, things and tools that you've applied in the daily, the weekly, the monthly that have helped kind of lean you into the discomfort. Um. Uh, can I tell the Barrow story? Do you remember the, yeah. the Barrow story? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I think that was we, – we've obviously had a, a lot of, you know, kind of like um, I think maybe pivotal, pivotal or um, kind of like formative, you know, moments where, um, you know, it's really kind of springboarded us to I think like kind of that next level um, in just our um, – our trust in our bond. Um, but we had, um, we, we had had a two or three days of some pretty intense, just tension and disagreement. And, um, more, more often than not, it starts with something really insignificant (laughs) and gets blown way out. And, um, so we just weren't, we weren't connecting and, and, you know, I was pulling back and, um, and that was frustrating him and because we just, we didn't know how to communicate about this. We were just so frustrated. And, um, so, um, I said, okay, well, let's just meet at Borrows right now and let's, let's hash this out. And, um, you know, and another thing, like in the course of that, you know, we, we, we said early on, like divorce is just not an option. Um, but yet, you know, in those moments, those intense emotional moments, you know, um, that word can start getting thrown around. And for us, it wasn't so much like I'm going to divorce you. It was, you know, like, well, if I'm so awful, then why don't you divorce me? You know, and then, oh, well, why don't you divorce? And so, but later on, you know, 
evaluating that, like even just throwing it around like that, you know, like we realized that even when you say like, go ahead and just divorce me, like to us, we're we're thinking, are they saying that because they want to divorce me, you know? And so we, after that time, we we decided like, we can't, we just can't, we can't even say the word. Like we just have to leave it completely off the table. And so we, we met at Barrows and a pizza um, joint. If you're outside of the valley. Yep. Yep. We were right inside the door, you know, people are walking by us and everything. Yeah. Keep going. Um, and um, so it was just, you know, a lot of, well, if you would have done this, if you would have done this, well, but if you would have just done, and, and just back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, like, we, we were just so angry. And um, so through the course of that, I, I start, you know, there's some, some moments of silence and I start, you know, texting my pastor. And, you know, I was just like, Pastor Jim. Um, can you please pray for us right now? I'm like, we're in a bad way. We're both so angry. And, and we just, I, I just don't know how, how to get past this. And, you know, so he brings up um, the four G's of God um, because it was something that we've been talking about in our sermons. And it's, you know, uh, something that he had um, used as a tool in um, uh, counseling um, Matt when, when Matt would seek counsel and stuff. And so, you know, he was like, you know, ask Matt which one of the four G's he's not believing right now. I said, that that might not be the best right in this moment. And he's like, okay, all right, how about which one aren't you believing? Ask yourself. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'm like, what? What's the one about control again? He says, God is God is great. All right, so God is great. So I don't have to be in control. I'm like, yep, that's the one I need right now. And you know, and so the whole premise behind the four G's is that like. Basically, what it says is that all sin can can really be boiled down to us not believing one of these four G's, um, which is God is great, so I don't have to be in control. God is glorious, so I don't have to fear others. God is good, so I don't have to look elsewhere for my satisfaction, which made me think, you know, like so often when we are seeking that 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 satisfaction, that identity from our spouse um, or others. Uh, God is gracious, so I don't have to prove myself. So, so my thing was definitely the control that night. And I said, all right, I got it. And um, so then, it, you know, it was just uncomfortable silence. And so then through that, you know, and I'm praying, I'm talking to God. And, and I feel like God's, you know, lays it on my heart. Okay, so, so what if we flip this and you, you start saying what you could have done differently instead of what the other person could have done differently? And so I threw that out there to Matt. You know, and he's like, he's like, okay, sure. And then we had um, literally, it was two hours. Was it two hours? It was two hours. Yeah. Two hours of silence. <laughs> mm. So you want to talk about leaning into discomfort? <laughs> and and the, the control in me, of course, is like, is this going to end? I need to end this. Um, but I didn't. Um, we just we just sat there and um, and then we we started. The volley started, and so it was like I could, you know, I, I could have done this, and then it was the other person's turn. I I could have done this, and, you know, and then you know, the more you do, you you have to dig deeper and deeper, and it really, really caused us both to like dig deep and evaluate like where where we were coming from, and you know, the kind of the root of how we got escalated to the point that we were at, and and through that process, the other person felt heard. That's so good. So God is great, God is glorious, God is good, and God is gracious. Yeah. Right? Oh, those are so good. 
So walk us through a little bit more from kind of your vantage point and perspective, maybe even that moment at the pizza joint. Sure. <laughs> uh, and then maybe even another example that you have, because this is so good because we've got to lean in. I can't even imagine two hours of silence. But again, that's absolutely leaning into the discomfort, right? So it's so critically important that we do lean into these moments of discomfort because at the end of the day, and I think this happens more for maybe the personality type of a pleaser, even if you're not a pleaser, the reality is we kind of tend to shy away of confrontation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we shy away from confrontation, which means to a degree we're shying away from the discomfort. we got to lean into it. So So I use these things uh, in my job uh, called emotional ladders. And from the top of an emotional ladder, we can't see the other person's heart. And so when we're angry, when we're upset, and we're looking at it through our earthly lens, it becomes really difficult to consider the heart. And so when Karina is giving me a hard time about, you know, diet and nutrition and making sure that I'm I'm eating at the proper times mm. and things, I could consider that nagging or I could consider that she loves and she cares for me. And so I think depending on how I choose to look at it in that moment will determine how I'm going to react to her. And so the word says, be still and know that I'm God. And so I think in those moments, those two hours, we were completely still uh, for two hours in public, which is incredibly awkward. Uh, but also uh, there is some reverence uh, in the moment and allowing ourselves to be still and considering our intentions. What do we want to come out of this? So one of my main takeaways was that when we came into the marriage, it was not what we we need God. We wanted each other. And so do we want in this moment for this conflict to rage on or do we want to resolve it? And so that's ultimately where we got to in our hearts as we were sharing what we wanted to fix. And we were able to resolve conflict through taking personal accountability uh, in that moment. That is so well said. Matt and Karina both, thank you so much for being my guest today on Messy Marriages. Go and check them out too, Torch Wellness and Consulting. Have an amazing day. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Messy Marriages, a show dedicated to making the most out of your mistakes. Mark would love to send you his weekly Marriage Monday video. Please go to marklucasradio.com and sign up for his weekly marriage video. Follow him at Mark Lucas Radio on Instagram.